Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the AFC West Show. Tonight we're coming to you on the 2014 season recap finale show. We're coming live from our Southern California studios. If you want to give us a call, 818-431-8235 is the number. Or you can uh, hit us up on Twitter at AFC West Show. And uh, we will have the chat room up and running as well. Today I'm joined as always by the other half of the AFC West show. Daryl, how are you doing today? You know, it's been a long layoff and I'm still in a funk. I've got to be honest. My gosh, I'm still angry. I'm still bummed. As a fan of the AFC West and especially the Denver Broncos, man, this Bronco team did not show that they wanted to go out kicking and screaming. And by the way, a lot of changes in the in the front office, or not the front office, but certainly the coaching staff, and uh, we'll see what happens with the team. But, oh, man, the first-place team and the, the last-place team both made some significant changes. I know we'll talk about that today. But before we begin, I think we got to talk about some saggy balls there. And what do we got going on? Well, you know, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the uh, New England Patriots have some very soft balls this last week, and uh, some people are saying that their balls were a little soft uh, when when Baltimore came to town as well. Uh, not uh, not really too sure what to think about it. You know, if we uh, look at it from the uh, the the overview, you know the. Balls were between, uh, well, 11 out of 12 balls were about two pounds under in what the uh, proper ball should weigh. But, uh, you know, with the final score that they had uh, defeating uh, Indianapolis, I guess the the big question is, you know, did it really make a difference? Well, I, I think that's a great question. Frankly, uh, I think Indianapolis really has to worry about something more important than softballs. I mean, as joke, joking aside, softballs are, are maybe problematic or of a concern. But, you know, I do have actually a kind of scientific uh, approach to this, and I want to just share it for a minute because I am not a scientist, and frankly, I'm not an expert on softballs. But I do know that there are a couple of scientists that have kind of weighed in on this. And um, one of them is Anissa Ramirez, the author of Newton's Football, a book about science of football. And Ramirez says the slightly softer football improves the grip, especially during the, uh, a, a game that is rainy, and it makes it easier to throw and catch. And so there's something maybe to that, as well as, John Eric Goff, who is a physicist, which is way beyond my understanding. I mean, I took a couple of physics class and uh, classes in 
frankly, was uh, an average student at best. But uh, he says that um, in his in his uh, book Gold Medal Physics, he agrees. He says that uh, underinflating the balls also carries a slight disadvantage. So he kind of disagrees as well. He says there's an advantage and a disadvantage, and so. He says if you reduce the mass of the ball, which happens if you let, let a little bit of air out, the ball can decelerate faster when you throw it. So Brady may not be able to throw the ball as far, and it may hang up more. And so, you know, there's a plus and a minus there. I, I don't pretend to be a physics expert, but what I do know is 11 out of 12, that's a ratio that tells me that there's something going on. And frankly – uh, I'm, I'm thinking with the history in uh, New England, something's fishy. You know, and I, I would have to agree with that. I mean, there's nothing uh, nothing worse than a tainted Super Bowl, and you know, for all uh, for all joking aside, in regards to the softballs, yes, this this will be another one of those tainted. Super Bowls in the eyes of some people, and the NFL, uh, you could say the whole season has just been a tainted season. Now, so far, the the uh, Roger Goodell and the NFL have said that they will investigate this to the fullest. Also, along with that, uh, they'll go ahead and uh, and punish accordingly. But you know, what is there you can do to this team to punish them? Uh, some have said take away a first round draft pick. You know, for a team that's not even going to draft until the uh, very last pick or next last pick of the first round, that doesn't penalize them. Other people say, well, a million-dollar fine. Well, you know, uh, the money that that you make from a Super Bowl victory, if your team does that, it's been estimated to bring in over $80 for an actual team. That's uh, one uh, stat that was put out by the the NBC – uh, business, sports business desk. Uh, so, you know, what's $1 million to, for that return on investment there? Nothing. You know, uh, can you can you suspend the team from the playoffs? That would be the only, only possible uh, solution, and that would never happen. We all know that uh, this league and Roger Goodell is owned by, owned by the owners. There's no way that Roger Goodell would ever do anything like that to a team, especially – the uh, the sacred Boston Patriots, Boston Strong, and Boston uh, this and Boston that. So, you know, it, it really doesn't matter. The only uh, only other possible solution would be to somehow penalize Bill Belichick, but without tying the balls to him, that uh, would never happen either. I think you make a valid point, but I think where your argument might have something that is, uh, I don't want to say lacking, but maybe slightly diminished is the fact that, you know what, if, if it's not the sec- uh, first round pick, a second round pick can be very meaningful for any team, even if you're picking late. You expect a second round player to probably break into the starting roster. And uh, I get it. You know, you don't get the first round player. That is pretty big, so maybe that's fine. But you do expect those players to break into the into the roster. And so if one of those is missing, I think that does put a little crimp in the step and stuff. I've, again, the jury's out. We need to find out what happened. And 
who's responsible. I'm sure there is some low-level employee that gets thrown under the bus. Uh, and I'm not accusing Bill Belichick necessarily of, of being the architect of this. It, it does, in many people's eyes, become a pattern and questionable. But I think, again, it could be somebody else in the organization that, that did this, architect uh, that was the architect of this. Gosh, I don't know. But even at first or second round, even though it's late or, or in the second round and late, those are important picks because they do they do uh, give you rejuvenation for your organization. So I, I think they're meaningful. And so if there's a pick involved, that's going to be interesting. I think it'll probably be dollars, maybe a $50,000 fine or something. Wipe it under the carpet and let's move on. That's what the NFL will do. They want to get out of this and go to the Super Bowl and have nobody talking about this, uh, the deflate gate. So I don't know, but I, I do not see this as being a draft pick thing. Uh, it's not that it might not be worth it, but I don't think the NFL will want to pursue that. And you're right. That is a league of owners. Uh, gosh, who knows? But nobody's going to get fired over uh, at the head coaching position. Well, for those of our listeners that uh, want a little extra extra enjoyment, uh, we will go ahead and uh, tweet out after the show a little link to a, a nice little uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady Cialis commercial that uh, that is floating around the Internet. So go to the AFC West Show uh, uh, Facebook page and also uh, on Twitter at AFC West Show, and uh, you can catch that after the show. In the meantime, we've got to recap the uh, last team remaining from the AFC West in the playoffs, and that was the Denver Broncos who uh, went ahead and stumbled, uh, or shall we just say crashed and burned in their game against the Indianapolis Colts 24-13. to Yeah, that was a pretty brutal game. I don't think anybody was surprised about it. Uh, certainly New England went into Indianapolis and handled them handily. I know handled them handily, yes, then we can draw all certain – who knows? Maybe the – well, I don't know. I don't want to go there, actually. But maybe there was some deflation going on there, too. Um, but really, uh, it wasn't a surprise. I think the other game, and I know it's not the AFC game, but the NFC game was the real exciting game. And, frankly, that had some up and downs. I really thought that Seattle was going to lose that game uh, based on how the – performance was of of uh, Green Bay, but at the end, it, it turned out that McCarthy was a little too conservative, and there were some mistakes made. Gosh, you got to look at Russell Wilson and just say, man, you threw four interceptions, and you played three quarters of terrible football that had you at maybe a zero rating, and then you had like five minutes of brilliant football. And by the way, Denver Bronco fans, you know that because, um, by the way, they played a solid game for about three quarters. Denver came back in the fourth quarter and just paced it to them. And then what happened in overtime? You saw that brilliant play. Everything was right and done perfect, just enough to win. And, and so it's been done before. So hats off to Seattle. I can't say I like them. I can't say I'm rooting for them. Um, but man, that was that was the game. 
the the uh, New England and uh, Indianapolis game, frankly, it was a an afterthought. And the Deflate Gate, you mentioned at the beginning, there's no real no real uh, connection to the outcome. It might have been. Uh, let's take two touchdowns off the board. Did that make any difference? Let's see. Uh, Forty-five, forty-seven minus fourteen. Uh, no, no. Just outclass them. You know they certainly did. And as I was mentioning uh, there before you, you uh, started talking about the results after that. But it was an Indianapolis twenty-four to thirteen victory over Denver, and uh, we had to mention that. Mentioning what went wrong, well, there we could spend a couple of shows on that, and I think that it's been rehashed quite a bit. Uh, you know, the biggest takeaway I think from it, uh, in my mind, is what uh, what can be done in regards to this whole scenario where you have uh, three coaches or at least two coaches interviewing for other positions before uh, their playoff game is even played you know something needs to be done in the NFL I think there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of room for just uh, either um, areas that kind of make it look a little odd or uh, takes the team members and the coaches away from the actual game yeah I, you know I again I'm not a big excuse maker I, I feel like you are who you are and uh, frankly there was some concern. Denver tossing their offensive linemen around and trying to build an offensive line out of people playing in a position that they were not experts at. That was a problem. But I think that could have been overcome, at least enough to go to the AFC championship game, and maybe further. But the real the real problem is that Two things. I'm just going to lay it out there. Denver, uh, the reason why John Fox got uh, fired, he got hired and fired. He was hired to turn around an organization that was in the dumps and had a a problem about their identity. And the reason why he got fired is because their identity got better. But at the same time, he was held to the level of success that John Elway believes in. And frankly, Pat Bowen does too. And if you look at the Denver Broncos in their in their um, in the number of times they've gone to the Super Bowl, I think you can divide that. I think they've gone seven times. Divide that by forty nine Super Bowls. You're about every seven years, Denver will go to a Super Bowl. And frankly, I'm going to give this to everybody. You know, Denver has lost more Super Bowls than they've won, and they lose a, sometimes by a lot, and that's disturbing. But at the same time, there's a regularity that Denver goes to the Super Bowl, and they have won a couple times. And so John Elway was looking at uh, John Fox and saying, you know, this game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens, an anomaly. This game against the Seattle Seahawks, you made it to the Super Bowl, but gosh, they did not look like they're prepared. And so you come back the next year, and you go into the first round of the playoffs and you lose to the Indianapolis Colts, which, you know, Denver had 11 people that went to the Pro Bowl. No, 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 no. There's got to be changes. And we'll talk about Peyton Manning and all the other things. But, you know, there's other things going on in the AFC West, Darren. So tell me more about what's going on in the AFC West. Where do we want to look? 
But let's start off with the Raiders, who had a uh, coaching change, much like the Denver Broncos did. You know, the Raiders uh, went ahead and uh, followed their usual M.O., bringing on the former uh, Denver defensive coordinator in Jack Del Rio, following the footsteps of another former Denver defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, with the interim coach of Tony Sperano. Raiders finishing the season 13-3. and uh, You know, he went ahead and rounded out his uh, his coaching staff a little bit. He brought in Bill Musgrave to be the uh, offensive coordinator. Some of you might even remember Musgrave being on a Denver staff. Was well he a Bronco? Oh, yeah, yeah. he certainly okay. was. A okay. quarterback okay. there. And, uh, you know, a lot of talk has been going around, and uh, he did interview, but uh, he hasn't uh, accepted a position or been, uh, you know, no news whether he's offered. Mike Smith, the former Atlanta coach, uh, talked about coming in, or uh, he came in for an interview for the defensive coordinator. Then they brought uh, Marcus Robertson, who Charles Woodson is a big fan of, uh, promoted him to the defensive backs coach and named Brad Seeley from the 49ers their special teams coach. So a lot of changes there. And, uh, you know, um, Mark Davis had an interesting interview uh, with, with the uh, coach or with the media after uh, after chat, hiring the new coach and uh, said that John Madden had no, no say in this really and uh, John Gruden was never offered it, nor was uh, Jim Harbaugh. You know, I think that uh, that's an interesting idea. Jim Harbaugh, I, I really believe, like, Madden, you know, he's not a guru anymore, but he's still smart. And uh, he knew that where he – I think everybody, everybody knew where, where Jim Harbaugh's heart was, and that's why this was such a ridiculous thing. Uh, we talked about this earlier, so I don't want to talk much more. San Francisco should have found a way to keep them and, and iron that out because you don't get these chances much. And uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, frankly, it, it was never going to work in, in Oakland. It's too dysfunctional. And uh, John Fox is a better builder of teams on a dysfunctional team like that than maybe Jim Harbaugh. But Jim Harbaugh can take a team that's underperforming and make them perform well. And the question about uh, John Fox is, can he take them to the next level? We know Jim Harbaugh can. The question Jack is, can he do Jack it for a long haul? Uh, well, Jack is the coach there, but uh, John, John Fox and, and hence the, uh, the Jack Del Rio connection. I think what I'm saying is they're both a little bit of the same tree. They're underperformers, but you're right in the coach's name. Thank you. Well, Chargers, you know, they finished season nine and seven, and uh, they have some work to do. Biggest news, though, it seems like right now is uh, will they get a new stadium? You know, that is a big, big news point. I want to point out the Philip Rivers issue, and uh, there was an interesting conversation. Real quick, I'm going to do this because I know we're running short on time, only about 10 minutes left. Um, you know, they were looking back at their drafts and some of the choices made, and the Philip, uh, not the Philip Rivers, but the the Tom Brady year, they picked up Shannon Taylor, uh, 15 picks before, and uh, they could have had Tom Brady. And by the way, Bethard was a, a friend of the family and knew Tom Brady and suggested that he actually became a Charger, and it was 
vetoed by Beathard. I have a lot of respect for Bobby Beathard, but in this case, a brutal mistake. Uh, Shannon Taylor, nothing. Again, when it came down to uh, looking at some other players, Russell Wilson was, again, Russell Wilson, nobody knew what he could do, but uh, the Charger fans are looking at that and going, gosh, what if we had Russell Wilson as a backup? Could he be, uh, could this be the point where we say uh, Rivers leaves or Wilson stays? It wasn't that many picks, only a few picks. And they did not. They picked another Taylor. This time, I think it was Brandon Taylor, who played all of six, uh, had six tackles in the NFL. So a lot of teams are looking at Russell Wilson and going, what if we had? And I think that's a fun game. It's not for this show, but as we go forward to the draft period and after the Super Bowl, kind of interesting to look at these people that were passed over and didn't get picked when they could have and they've made great contributions yeah certainly is what about in uh in kansas city the only big news that i have had to come out of there is possibility that Dwayne bow is going to be cut and also you know they did sign uh terrell Pryor, who's uh kind of been around uh they signed terrell Pryor to a one-year contract yeah, I think they're checking them out. I mean, look at Alex Smith is a, a manager, and uh, Andy Reid is looking for options. I think he wants to see does Terrell uh, Terrell Pryor have enough in the tank to do it, and, and is he actually capable of reading offenses and making those decisions? And that's going to be the question. So we'll we'll see what happens. Certainly it's an upgrade in physical ability, but I don't know if he has the acumen to make the right decisions. Um, you know, San Diego and Kansas City are standing pat. They both have some, some successes. We're going to look at their off-season free agency acquisitions as well as the departures. Can I just talk real quickly about the all-AFC West team? Go ahead, you know, as we look at it, in the offense, there's a few people that uh, are pulled out. And you might think it's Peyton Manning as the quarterback, but Philip Rivers gets the, the nod from pro football focus. And he was injured. Uh, he he had some ups and downs, but he did have an accuracy rating of over 74%. And uh, he, he was gritty. So I've got to say hats off to him. He's rehabilitated his career from the last three years one of his worst years to some of his most solid. And by the way, hats off to Denver with C.J. Anderson. I don't know why it took so long, but his emergence in the second half was incredible, and he is going to the Pro Bowl, by the way. Uh, wide receivers, you got to think about Malcolm Floyd in San Diego coming back from the injury. Good to see him healthy and being able to play, and he made some great plays. And, of course, you can't drop uh, – wait, Kansas City, no. Uh, the Raiders, no. Uh, oh, yeah, Demarius Thomas. This guy was incredible, and he's going into contract year. We'll see what the numbers are and whether he gets re-signed by Denver. That's a big question, fans. We'll see what happens. Emmanuel uh, Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is the slot wide receiver, and – he had a great catch rate as well as the second highest uh, yards per receiving average for slot receivers. Kansas City comes up with Travis Kelsey. 
uh, a great a great tight end. And uh, when we look at some of the offensive line, Orlando Flank, uh, Franklin and Louis Vasquez did really well for Denver, as well as Ryan Harris, an ex-Bronco for Kansas City. And the center, the best center in the in the AFC West was Rodney Hudson. And a couple of defenders of note, Justin Houston, you cannot let him go. Von Miller, a little bit less, but still great. And uh, Malik Jackson, Terrence Knighton, Dontari Poe, uh, and Khalil Mack. Those kind of highlight some of the keys on the defense there. So the AFC West had some great players. I think we got to look forward to the Super Bowl, though. What are we doing, Darren? What are we picking? Doesn't look like there would be much in the way uh, on it uh, that should be too surprising. Once again, the line is the Patriots two point five um, uh, favorite, and uh, that's what it started. Now it's a pick'em. Other than that, forty-eight point five is the over and under. Uh, so, what is there? Like I said, twenty-two to twenty-four would be a, a good score. Twenty-eight, twenty-six, somewhere in that. You know, I am going to have to say, uh, looking at how it is, I think that uh, this New England team, uh, right now, they have peaked at the right time. I, I think that uh, Seattle is a, is a good and solid team, but I think as we saw in this game against uh, the uh, against the uh, Green Bay Packers, they uh, struggle against a team that can run the ball and throw the ball, and that's something right now that. Uh, that New England is doing. So I'm going to take New England in this game by two points. You know, you make a great point. And uh, I've got to say that, frankly, as I look at this, uh, man, it's hard for me to even give New England my vote. Uh, You know I can't give Seattle my vote after last year. I Fans, I'm still a, a Denver Bronco fan, and I've never denied that. But uh, I cannot vote for for uh, Seattle. The The issue is that I, I wouldn't have picked this two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but New England looks like they are picking at the right time. I'm going to say overall the game will be more than 48.5 points. It's going to be at least 50, 52 points there. And uh, we'll see what happens with the deflated or not balls, et cetera. But the bottom line is this is going to be a game where there's some offensive touchdown scores. I expect to see Gronk in the end zone. I expect to see Russell Wilson finding a wide receiver or two. And I also expect to see Marshawn Lynch. And, by the way, LeGarrette Blount has reestablished himself as much of a selfish player as he is. Bill Belichick in his hoodie. Uh, I've got to say, probably is going to win this game. Uh, but Pete Carroll in Southern California may bring the sunshine. So 
I'm saying uh, the hoodie will win, but maybe the sunshine prevails. Well, there you have our pick. You know, uh, if you want more throughout the week, go to afcwestshow.com or on Twitter at afcwestshow. We also can be followed on Facebook for our uh, our fans there. You know, Daryl, we got about two minutes left, and I just wanted to touch base a little bit on uh, what you thought of the Bronco hires. Uh, what can you tell me yeah. about uh, yeah, I know. the the Broncos? I thought that was for. I thought that was a, a very interesting thing. I, I mentioned at the at the start that both uh, uh, Oakland and and the, the number one and number four teams dumped their coaching staff, and uh, we'll see what happens with the the Raiders. I need more time to actually investigate where some of these people played. I think the one that is really on everybody's front radar based on their success is Denver. And Gary Kubiak obviously was an ex-Denver Bronco, the backup for John Elway. He won two Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator in Denver. He won one Super Bowl as the, as the uh, quarterback coach in San Francisco. This is a guy that does have a pedigree. And, and John made it very clear that he wants to win and he expects a winning at attitude and by the way the one thing that i would take out of john's speech the you know denver allowed indianapolis to come into their building and pump them and basically do it without much complaint and we can go into a lot of different things but there's one play that i want to bring up and that's the peyton manning third and i don't know five i think it was and he had about 20 25 30 yards that was open, and he did not run for it. He tried to force the ball in. It was incomplete. It was his opportunity to do the John Elway helicopter move, his legacy, etc. All you need to do is run for five yards, and he didn't. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk about where Peyton Manning fits in. Look, at, I'm not a salary cap guy. I'm not the general manager. But I think there are some real concerns about where Peyton fits in on this team in the future and what's happening. And that was huge. Darren, what do you think? Well, you know, uh, for those of you that are on iTunes listening to this now, you know, I, I do agree. I think the coaching changes were needed. Uh, but the whole Peyton Manning, you know, that's an issue that you could go into for hours and hours. Um, I think it's going to depend whether he takes that massive pay cut to come back and proves he's a team player or not. That's going to be uh, what it really comes down to. Uh, would I be disappointed if he didn't come back? I, I, I probably would have a little bit of disappointment uh, because it would be the beginning of a, of a rebuilding year, and I could definitely probably see – uh, four extra losses for the Broncos, at least, uh, you know, getting uh, probably finishing eight and eight. But uh, that is something that we'll talk about a little more more later. You know, this is our last show before the Super Bowl. We'll be back after the Super Bowl a couple of weeks after as we get towards the mini camps and things like that. But, uh, you know, I, it's been a, a great season. I do think, though, that the Gary Kubiak hire was a good hire. Uh, Rick Dennison coming on offensive coordinator. That should be interesting. And I know there's a lot of talk about, uh, well, can uh, can Gary Kubiak uh, or, or can John Elway fire Gary Kubiak if need be? And, you know, he did lose one of his best friends in Keith Karts, who he fired 
from the uh, the Colorado Rush, his arena team. And you can look that up and read the story about that. It's uh, in in an old edition of Sports Illustrated, available online. Uh, really kind of a sad story for John Elway, but uh, he is not afraid to to lose his friends uh, over over uh, winning. So so that's uh, a good, interesting read if you have time. Uh, you know, um, we we can chat a little bit longer here as we're in the extra time about it, but um, I, I do think that, uh, as you said, you know, it would have been a defining moment for it to be that uh, that helicopter move, and he didn't do that. Uh, some quarterbacks are saying, though, you know, you're programmed, and, and yes, you know, you see that field, but it doesn't click in your mind, or it clicks, you know, yeah, you see that open field, but you don't know if there is someone coming down right behind you. Uh, can I forgive him for that? Uh, you know, I don't know the whole story with with his injury. I do think it was a little bushly for his camp to come out after that game and say, well, he was injured and start making excuses. But that's kind of the story of, of, of Peyton Manning. So it'll be a very interesting time uh, from what it sounds like, according to some inside sources. It is about a 90% uh, chance that he will say he's coming back. I think that leaves it in the hands of John Elway and uh, and Joe Ellis to uh, demand that he takes a pay cut. And if they do not do that, I think that will be a very, very big disappointment for Bronco fans. If the Broncos are willing to pay him $19 million, uh for this upcoming year, that tells me that uh, all these changes they're making here after this were just reactionary. And in my mind, uh, they don't have that commitment to winning. Well, let me ask you this. Rather than making comment, which is easy to do, uh, how much is Peyton Manning worth? I mean, if you're telling me that it's reactionary to pay him $19 million, what do you think Peyton Manning is worth? Where Where is his ability right now? Where you does know, he I rank? would say, I would say that it money. Let's, be... let's start with Let's start with uh, where does he rank in quarterbacks? You know, he's a top 10 quarterback still. I'll give you that. I'll, I'll give you that he's a top 10 quarterback. If you went through the the list of quarterbacks and uh, uh, in the league, he would definitely be in the in the top 10 still. I would say, you know, and, and I'm doing this off the top of my head, but Brady is better than him. Uh, you have, uh, at this time, Russell Wilson, I think, is better than him. Uh, you also have Luck, who is better than him. Uh boy, from there we start getting into uh you know, Ben Roethlisberger. Let, let I don't you. I don't think he is. Let me help you a little bit. I'm gonna throw a few number a uh, few players out here. You tell me where you think he ranks. Um let's just say Tom Brady. Oh, I said Brady. Better or worse. Okay. Worse than Brady. Aaron Aaron Rodgers. And worse and we're looking Brady. this year. Okay, this sure, year, sure. because we can't take the bulk of the career. Uh, what about Tony Romo this year? Uh, I would say I would take a Peyton Manning before a Tony Romo. I think you're crazy. Tony Romo had two broken vertebrae and played through and took his team to the playoff and won a playoff game. He also had a so, uh, offensive line. Actually, that, uh, 
but Dallas has, has been drafting young offensive line and putting these big studs around him. So, you know, you got to this is not this is a team that has not been to the playoffs in one in how long. So I'm going to give Romo that pass. How about Ben Roethlisberger? Would you rather have uh, – let's just ask. Would you rather have Ben Roethlisberger or Peyton Manning? This year I would take Peyton. Really? You're crazy. That I would. Are you crazy? Ben Roethlisberger. I had just said before Bramble. I even named him, I think that Peyton – but but at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think that as a student of the game and preparing his team, I, I feel that uh, Peyton does a better job preparing his team overall. Well, I, I can tell this is going to be a discussion for a whole show. We, we will do this. Darren, let's uh, agree to our fans. We're going to talk through this, and we're going to just nail this down and really tear apart not just this season, but the, the last couple seasons and kind of understand where – uh, these different quarterbacks are and well, what they're well, doing. Look, and let me ask you this: I don't would, you rank, would you say he's a Would you say he's a top ten quarterback? Let's not go to no. yes or no. Top no. ten quarterback? No, no, no. He's a, he's probably a top fifteen, maybe about fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. He all is, right. Well, there you in, have it. His injury was not an injury. He had a hurt. Everybody has a hurt. And like you said, his camp spread that out. Um, you know, I, there's a lot. It's too much for right now. We don't have enough time. And so I really would like to go into this in depth. But, no, Peyton Manning is not a top ten quarterback anymore. He is in the top half of the league and probably close to 13 to 15 in, in, the, in the rating. I mean, Joe Flacco's ahead of him. Uh, Tom Brady's ahead of him. Certainly, uh, Ben Roethlisberger is ahead of him. Philip Rivers, actually, I would, if I had to pick, I would, you know, Philip makes stupid decisions, but by the way, he's more mobile than than uh, Peyton Manning, and so I'm getting off on a tangent. But we'll talk about this, and I think we need to schedule a show just to talk about the AFC West quarterbacks and go through some of this. It'll be fun. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've looked at a lot of stuff here, and we know that the Super Bowl is coming up. Um, deflated balls, irregardless. Uh, we have the Seattle Seahawks back again with their team, and they look like they were dead. They they clawed their way back in. Man, this is going to be a good game. We've got a week of nothing, and then we've got a, the Super Bowl week. So it's exciting. I can't wait to ha- to see what happens. Darren, close us out here. You know, uh, the only thing I can can really uh, say about this is, you know, there's a lot going on. Make sure that uh, if you are happening to uh, to be around your TV at five o'clock on Sunday, make sure you're watching one of the major networks. Stay away from ESPN because they will be having some sort of uh, <laughs> some sort of a, a, a thing on that uh, is up there on par with. Uh, Honey Boo Boo. I think it's a Honey Boo Boo special or something like that. So stay away from ESPN. I know I will. And, you know, it's been a great uh, great season of the shows. We'll talk to everyone after the, uh, after the uh, Super Bowl, a couple weeks of, of time to come by, around the combines and all. So in the meantime, AFCWestShow.com, at AFCWestShow on Twitter, and Facebook, AFCWestShow. It's been a great uh, season. Season, Daryl, 
and uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. Absolutely.